0: Hey everybody and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings podcast 114. Might sound a little bit different this time. During some of the recording I've had kind of a lot of congestion and so I think I'm getting a cold so I might sound a little bit different for that. And during another part I've had really horrible pee smell in my car which now is mostly gone. But I did record a couple of the sections in sort of a different place in my car so I had to hold the microphone a different way so I might sound a little bit different in those sections. This time, I talk about Borderlands 2 expansion, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. Poker Night 2 was on sale, even though it's really cheap normally. I picked it up on sale, so I talk about that. World War Z is now out, so I went to see that, and I talk about that. And Oz, the Great and Powerful, came out for Physical Media. So I rented that, and I talk about that in the last section. Enjoy the show! The world is on the brink of going boom boom. This is our most desperate hour. Unless we make a stand, here and now, we gonna die. Borderlands 2, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. It's basically a sort of d like campaign that Tiny Tina is running. There's a person that the group has captured, and so they're sort of killing some time. And they decide to play this D&D-like game. So it is still Borderlands 2, but it has, you know, a fantasy element to it. And it takes place not in the regular Pandora, but in the fantasy Pandora, I guess you could say. Because they do reference Pandora, so I think it might still supposedly be Pandora. But, you know, in, like, medieval times. I think I have gotten somewhere between four and six hours through... So according to reviews saying that it takes about 15 hours to complete, I am somewhere around one-third to not quite halfway through. The graphics haven't changed in terms of quality, but every single bad guy that I have encountered during the expansion is a completely new, different type of bad guy. They might use the same, you know, skeletal modeling in terms of the engine, but they have, you know, completely different looks. The main bad guy you'll face up front is skeletons and they are extremely well done because they have locational armor so most of them have like a breastplate and a helmet and if you shoot them you know in the breastplate or the helmet you'll hear a little patang patang sound and they won't take as much damage. Oftentimes the armor will eventually break or if you like do a headshot the helmet might fly off and then you know you'll do extra damage you know where it was armored that you knocked off, you know, the armor for now. So strategically, it's, like, really good because there's lots of different types of bad guys doing different things. Some of them have armor, so you got to watch out for the armor. And that's a common thing for Borderlands 2. You know, all the bad guys pretty much have their weak spots and some have, you know, more weak spots than others. So it's not really new. But, I mean, in this case, you know, it really stands out really well. And I think it is very well done. Not only are the bad guys really challenging tactically, they also scale kind of perfectly to my level. Some of the expansions I remember, some of the bad guys were really kind of overly weak and some of them didn't scale up to my level. I don't know, you know, if I happen to be, you know, where Tiny Tina's adventure takes place in terms of level, but everything has scaled, you know, exactly to my level and like i said i do remember some of the other expansions you'd have things that were lower level than you and you'd just run them over and it wouldn't be a big deal oh well, speaking of that i haven't actually taken a vehicle anywhere yet i've just been walking i don't know if that's how it's going to continue for the whole campaign kind of wouldn't surprise me if at some point you flew on a dragon or took an airship or you know some kind of travel besides walking but i don't know uh it wouldn't be a bad thing if it wasn't because I always thought driving was kind of silly and overly unnecessary in many places one of the minor gripes I have about Borderlands 2 is you know the sort of unnecessary driving it's like oh we're gonna make this zone really huge so you have to drive around it's like you know if there's a lot of vehicular combat and stuff it's okay it makes sense and it's a nice break but a lot of times I'd just rather kind of walk around Surprisingly, I have not encountered any actual dungeons yet. You know, where you go in and you're in an inside area. It's all been kind of outside areas. That's kind of disappointing. I was kind of expecting that. But, you know, like I said, I've only gone like a third to just under halfway through. So I could still find one. I don't know. The music is a bit different. It seems like they have added all new soundtracks for the campaign actually bought the original soundtrack so i'm kind of disappointed that i don't have these new ones cuz the new ones are pretty cool they are fantasy like there's new voice work for everything and by that i don't just mean all of the conversational stuff you will find you know during your questing the story is narrated at certain points by tiny tina and the other characters from the crew will have you know various lines that they say but you know everything else is also reworked as well all of the vending machines for example have new sayings all of the bad guys you know because they're fantasy bad guys have you know all new sayings for them I noticed my character even has different sayings for different states now you know like in the quote-unquote down state you know when you do whatever it is your particular character does when they go into a down state she said different lines so that was pretty cool to see I'm not really familiar with the term meta, but I would say, you know, from what I understand of it, the jokes are all very meta, and so some of them are quite hilarious. When I first heard one of the sayings from the Zed vending machine, I actually had to stop playing for, I don't know, 15 to 30 seconds because I was just cracking up laughing. It was hilarious because it was, you know, one of those meta type jokes. And what I mean by that is like, You know, it's a science fiction video game making fun of both video games and fantasy games and fantasy video games. You know, those times where it goes into the really extreme detailing of it's a joke within, you know, a science fiction game that has a fantasy game that is making fun of a different video game, which is referencing this other thing. It's like, it's hilarious when they do that. I haven't seen any new weapons. I mean, they're all the standard weapons that I've seen, you know, in the regular game so far. I know there's at least one special kind of weapon that they show in the trailer that I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen any vending machines that use the purple money. I forgot the name of it. But there are some special chests here and there. And you can roll one die or roll two die. I'm not quite sure what the dice are. But each one is like, you know, one of those purple monies. I think it's probably the rarity level, you know, depending on how many dice you do. And there's also sort of shrines. I guess there's one that's defense, and I think it adds a boost to you, you know, some kind of buff. And then there's like an ammo dump one, which I guess would probably refill all of your ammo. The vending machines don't seem all that common. I've never had an issue of running out of ammo. I've always been pretty much full on the various ammo types I use. So I don't think it's really necessary. But there are some ways to use the special purple monies. I saw someone reference that he wanted some kind of different money. You know, as per the Torque expansion, it had its own kind of currency, and you could only use that currency in their special vending machines in that expansion. So having something similar, you know, wouldn't really surprise me at all for Tiny Tina's expansion. But I don't think I've gotten any of that special money yet. And so, you know, I don't know what he is selling because he wouldn't even let me look at whatever it is he's selling until I had some. So I'm not quite sure what's up with that. But it does seem like there is the potential for special money. And it uses, you know, the purple money in, you know, good ways. doesn't seem like you're just kind of, you know, wasting it. It seems like slightly more interesting ways. Like I said, I've probably only played four to six hours so far. But I would say if you are a Borderlands 2 player, and you at least are okay with fantasy settings, you should pick it up. If you enjoy fantasy settings, especially role-playing games, as much as you enjoy Borderlands 2, you should absolutely pick it up. Don't hesitate. Go get it right now. Because I think so far, it is absolutely the best Borderlands 2 expansion I've played and possibly one of the best expansions I have played for any game, you know, in my entire life, as it were. And I highly recommend it. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Hey! Fold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. Love game, intuition, play the cards with space to start. And after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on his heart. Oh, oh. Poker Night Two is by Telltale Games. It is about two months old. I'm not really that into poker, which is why I didn't pick it up at launch. It is only I think like five bucks normally. It was on sale for like three fifty or something, so I decided, ah, eh, why not? Even though I'm not very good at poker, it is pretty fun. It's like playing with friends since there are you know video game characters. I know two of them, and I know one that sort of makes a cameo appearance so like I said you know it's kind of like playing with friends it's pretty fun because they have little casual conversations and they have some you know mannerisms that are similar to you know what you are familiar with the sayings do get kind of repetitive after about an hour but I guess it's okay because the conversations do seem sort of organic and I suppose you know it's possible they have just happened to have said ones that I've heard before instead of doing new ones and I suppose they could always do a patch or something and add in more conversational stuff. I am very sad that Bruce Campbell did not do the voice of Ash. I don't know why he didn't do it. There's only like a few dozen lines it seems so it's like it wouldn't even take more than half of an afternoon for him to do it but that makes me very sad that he did not actually do the voice work for the character. I have won, I think, two tournaments. And by tournaments, I mean, you know, I get all the monies. I don't know if there's more to it than that. But when you win and get all the money, you get special token coins. And these token coins will unlock themed chips, themed decks, and themed tables. And if you use all of the same set, it will sort of unlock the background. It will change to be, you know, themed in whatever style that is. So in a way, it kind of unlocks that, even though that is free if you use all of the same type. I do think that having more characters would make it a lot more fun. And then maybe, you know, during each tournament, it would randomly pick four of, you know, however many characters they have. I think if maybe there was like a total of a dozen characters, that would be pretty cool. There are no difficulty settings. So if you have an overly hard or easy time playing the tournaments, that's not going to change. At least I didn't see any difficulty settings. You can only use the mouse, as far as I can tell, to do the call, check, or bet. It would have been nice to have like a keyboard shortcut option, push like space to check, or maybe 1, 2, 3. You know, just so you have an option that is, you know, theoretically faster than the mouse. Because you have to move the mouse, you know, and make sure it's in the right place and everything. You know, just having your hand over 1, 2, 3 would be much quicker, I think. I suppose with a console controller or, you know, playing on console, you know, it would be much faster since, you know, it wouldn't require the mouse. You just push a button, I assume. So that, I suppose, would be an option. After playing the, like, one to two hours I have played so far, I would say five bucks is a very good deal. I would say if you are, like, really seriously into poker, maybe even, you know, ten bucks would be worth it because it is pretty cool. But I think with only having four characters and just a small number of sayings, it does seem kind of limited. I would say, you know, it's pretty fun. And for five bucks, it's a pretty good deal. And if you know, you know, at least two of the characters that are in it, I think it could be, you know, a fun time. Like I said, it's kind of like playing with friends. I saw World War Z in real 3D, not IMAX 3D. It is a zombie movie, but it's not a typical one. The zombies don't really have any super special powers. They do have this sort of leap that they use. But other than that, they're pretty much just regular people that are, you know, zombie-ish. I suppose you could say they are the fast zombie type. The movie pretty much starts off pretty quickly. We're into the zombie apocalypse. I would say, within the first maybe 15 minutes or so. The origin is kind of unknown. They are assuming it is some kind of virus strain. And the bulk of the movie is the main character trying to track down, you know, where it started and what's going on. And the theory is if they can find its origin point, they could find how to stop it. We don't know his exact position. I don't think it's ever said, but he works with the World Health Organization. And it's kind of a big deal in the beginning that he stopped working for them and he didn't want to do that kind of work anymore. And why is he going back to doing it? Not quite sure what that's all about, as it kind of just seems to slow the story down. But it was kind of implied that he worked in some kind of, you know, disease control sort of capacity. And he didn't like doing it because he was in various war zones. And now, you know, he's in this zombie world war and they're asking him to do his old job. The graphics are simply amazing. Everything looks completely real. All of the 3D is not like flying out in your face, kind of, you know, over the top 3D. It's all, you know, as I say, real world 3D. It does add an element to depth in scenes like, you know, when there are helicopters flying over the city and you're looking down at billion billion zombies, you know, it does look 3D and it looks accurate to what it would look like in the real world. So I would say, you know, if you can see 3D, I would highly recommend it. In the scenes where the zombies are closer up and it's just a few of them, and it's more likely to be just a person with regular makeup that also looks really amazing, and I suppose it could just be, you know, a person with a mask on and they 3D render his zombie face. But, you know, it's the same super high-level quality as they are far away. I would be kind of interesting to see a behind the scenes thing that showed you know how many were actual real actors and how many were just rendered zombies because it is just mind-boggling how many zombies they have moving around in the scenes where there are you know so many people and so many zombies. The action is very believable and almost completely non-stop. It's some pretty tense stuff and it's scary in the there's always kind of tension and what's going on to the world kind of way. It's not trying to gross you out or jump at you from behind a door to just make you go, ah! You know, it's trying to scare you due to tension and, you know, confusion about what's going on with the world and how do we solve this zombie plague. In terms of my rating system, I would say go see it if you are very into zombie or apocalypse films. But if you feel just kind of meh, about one or either of those aspects, I would say go ahead and wait for it on rental. It's a great movie. It's a great story. I would recommend seeing it in theaters because there are so many zombies. You know, they get really small. might be kind of hard to see on the small screen. But in terms of seeing it, you know, as something you're just kind of going to watch and you want something kind of actiony and you're not all that into it, I would say you know waiting for a rental is okay if you don't want to spend the money for you know full price movie. I would say you don't need any popcorn because it is very actiony and very intense like. And I would say you can go and see it with friends or alone. It's totally up to you. I don't think the experience would be enhanced or made less by you know doing either of the choices. In addition I would say I liked it pretty good but it's not one I think I would see again in theaters. I mean there's very few I actually would. And it's not one I would, you know, feel really compelled to watch again, you know, on rental when it comes out or, you know, go out of my way somebody's going to watch it. I'll be like, "Oh, you know, let me watch it with you." You know, it's not one that I I feel very compelled to see again. But it was, you know, very good and a lot of fun. I want to side note somebody did post on their Facebook page that he liked it a lot. But it was very different from the book. So, you know, I haven't read the book. I don't read. But if you have, uh, apparently he says, you know, don't expect it to be what's in the book, uh, whatever that means. So I just thought I'd toss that in there. we off to see the wizard. Wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is the wizard of a whiz, if ever a wizard there was. If ever, oh, ever a wizard there was, the wizard of Oz is one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. <laughs> We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. Oz the Great and Powerful is now out for rental or purchase. It is pretty good, but it is aimed at sort of preteens or really young kids, which is not what I expected. I expected it to be more teen and maybe sort of young adult oriented. Since it is aimed at such young kids, it is kind of a lot less interesting to me than I thought it would be as, you know, an adult without kids. Don't get me wrong. I do love kid oriented things. The Kung Fu Panda Movies is one of my favorite comedy series. I love the Madagascar series as well. The story was cool and fairly true to the original story it is following, though technically this precedes the original story. It sets up some nice origins, which make sense for a few of the characters. But like I said, it is aimed kind of at little kids. The acting is decent, but not super amazing. You know, the actors and actresses all do a good job, but it's not anything I think anyone will give them an Oscar for or anything. The special effects are pretty cool. They're well done. They are somewhat minimal. The character of Oz is more of an illusionist than he is a true magic user, so there's not a whole lot of actual magic. I mean, there is, you know, some, and the world of Oz is very cool, but it's not going to, like, amaze you with how cool the special effects are, I don't think. It is very accurate to the setting and and very well done, but you know, like I said, it doesn't make you go, whoa, that is so amazing. But what is there, you know, is very well done. In my terms of rating system, I would say watch it with popcorn. It's a pretty light-hearted movie and quite fun. And I would say watch it with little ones. Not necessarily friends, but you know, little ones would be better because it is very Kid and family oriented. <music> In hardware news, the NVIDIA GTX 760 has launched. As I predicted, since the 770 came out so quickly after the 780, the 760 has not been very far behind. It is a solid mainstream card, which will give you high settings in all of your games. And most of the cards are around 250 So they're kind of a little bit pricey for a true mainstream card, but they are a very good value for the money. If you are a few years behind in graphics, you would certainly want to check it out and consider upgrading to that. In regular slash movie news, Magic the Gathering Duel of the Planeswalkers 2014 is now out. As I mentioned, it is the cheapest one so far at like 10 bucks. I haven't picked it up yet. You know, I got some other stuff going on, so I'm going to wait and uh, consider picking it up maybe in a, a week or two. I kind of have a feeling that since it is so cheap, there's not going to be a whole lot of content to it. So, you know, since I picked up the last one and I played through the main campaign and then I pretty much stopped playing, kind of, you know, hesitant to do that again. Even though it's really cheap, you know, I, I do like something with at least a little bit of potential replayability and not something, you know, I play through once and then don't ever play again. The Lone Ranger is due out on July 3rd which is just a few days after the podcast launches, because I guess it's going to launch, you know, Wednesday before 4th of July weekend. That's what I've kind of been on the fence about. I mean, it looks pretty amazing and pretty cool. But I don't know. I mean, it just looks like so much action. It it doesn't look like there's much there besides the action. So I don't know. On the one hand, it does look like it would be really good in 3D. But on the other, it just looks like, you know, it's just going to be action. Mind you, I have, you know, nothing wrong with action. A lot of the movies I go see are, you know, a lot of action. But I don't know, regular Lone Ranger doesn't seem very interesting. If it's like alternate universe, steampunk kind of Lone Ranger, you know, that would be like, oh, yes, I must see this. Regular Lone Ranger, I don't know, it's just old Western, doesn't seem that interesting to me. I might have my mind changed and, you know, go see it soon. But I don't know, Uh, I will decide later. R.I.P.D. is due out on July 19th. Looks pretty cool. I keep meaning to check if it was originally comic and keep forgetting to check. I mean, it's not really important. But it seems like one of those things that, you know, it would be. Because it seems kind of like Men in Black mixed with Ghostbusters. So it doesn't seem like a completely original idea. It seems like a couple of ideas that were fun that somebody mixed together. But it does look, you know, very cool. And I am... You know, anxious to go see it. Looks fun and interesting and kind of hilarious. So that's all the news this time. So I guess that is it for this week's Rabbit Rumblings. Hopefully everybody's having a good time. I guess uh, this is the last podcast before 4th of July weekend. My next one will come out like just after 4th of July weekend. People might even be still doing 4th of July weekend stuff when it comes out and not care so much. So uh, happy 4th of July to all the peoples. And, you know, be safe because people are not so safe and not paying as much attention to all the things as they should. So, be safe and hopefully everybody will have a good time and I will see you next time. Say thanks, bye. I reflect on my reflection. And I ask myself the question, what's the right direction to go? I don't know. Unless we make... Uh, bleep, bleep. Borderlands 2, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, is basically the... the, the as well as Madagascar. I love the Madagascars. I love the Madagascars. But, oh, I kind of described it already. Duh. Oh! Oh, 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 ooh. Oh, ee, oh. Oh, I'll get him hot, show them what I've got. <laughs> Poke face. Poke you have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com/podcast/rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com If you friend me, you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit d o t com it's rabbit dot com but with not a period when you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space and be sure to put the number one in place of i whenever you type rabbit Rabbit's ramblings is copyright two thousand thirteen and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.